0: And we're on the road. That's the first thing you wanted to say. We're not actually on the road. We We should record a podcast driving. In the car. Car thoughts. Car thoughts.
1: What are we doing here today?
0: Well, we're hoping to reflect on new times in our lives, and uh, we hope that we can provide some perspective and thought-provoking ideas regarding any new stages and change in life uh, that's helpful to you, our listener.
1: Hmm. Yeah, basically, uh, we want to ask you questions that make you reflect. You know, it's always the point of our, our podcast. And so I think we'll start off with the first question of how do you respond to change? Um, please feel free to take a moment and reflect on how you do respond to change, whether large or small. Um, but just it's, right now, just pause it. Think about it. Carter, how would you say that you respond to change yourself?
0: On the spot? I mean, um, honestly, change uh, always has seemed like something that I don't pay that much attention to. I would consider myself sort of a chameleon, if you follow my meaning. I I just sort of adapt to where I'm at. And I'm not sure if that's the healthiest thing. I'm not sure if it's unhealthy, but... I do my best to see where I am and fit in and do my best to thrive there. So, there are some subconscious steps I take when change happens. Uh, one that's not as subconscious that I've been trying to implement is intentionally, uh, for lack of a better word, debriefing myself um, when change occurs. For example, just taking that time to sit and reflect on like, what is changing? Why, why am I here? What's going on? And then making sure I'm pointing myself in the direction I want to go. So that, I mean, that would be how I generally address train change, even large or small. It really is. It's a scalable solution in my, in my mind.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I like the part where you're talking about being a chameleon and just constant adapting, um, I myself, that's that's kind of how I relate to change as well. I feel, and I've even written a paper with that exact metaphor really? believe, before. Yeah, with because I was reading the Trevor Noah Born a Crime book, and there's a section of it where he describes himself as a chameleon, and I felt like I really resonated with that. that during the time of my life when I was living in uh, Ghana, and I was just like, this is this is something that just we're always in a constant state of change throughout my life, at least, um, and I'm always ha- being forced to adapt, and so over time, it's just this mentality shift of oh it's just a natural thing for me now it's like a chameleon walking across branches and or leaves and changing colors it's just
0: yeah it's just that natural thing and you mentioned you've been through a lot of change in your life like i'd be interested to hear from you do you have something that you'd consider like a threshold for like significant change like something that's not necessarily like the trivial changes of day-to-day like for example um no longer has your favorite soda. That's 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 a massive change right now. For some of us, it may be for but for you, you you've gone through some um bigger things. So what would you consider to be like your threshold for significant change?
1: Well, um, I do appreciate your question because I believe there's a, a night-and-day difference between change in like the day-to-day regular sense and a significant change. At least to me, there's this like defining line between uh those two things. So, like, for example. Um, something that we often go through while in college is a change in classes, like every single session mm. we have different classes and um, we're going through this constant rotational cycle of like ecology. And then the next session we have anatomy and physiology, et cetera. And so to me, this really isn't a significant change in my life anymore, but to sum it, it would be a very like serious thing. Like, oh, I'm going to change my study habits, yeah. change like my day-to-day behavior, mm-hmm. et cetera. It's affecting It's affecting, in a sense, like your whole life. Mm -hmm. However, like, to me, this isn't a big change because of the nature of how I've grown up. And it's just this, my family moves every two or three years. Mm. And so a big change to me that I've experienced is is just like that, those moves from country to country, because it's like, you're prepping to leave months in advance. Um, We were literally moving from one country to another. And so there's this like, very long transitional period of prepping to leave the country, going to the states. Being in the states, getting everything kind of in order, and I have to admit, like it's, I'm just experiencing the change. I'm just along for the ride. My parents are the ones that uh-huh. are facilitating the transition.
0: I'd be really interested to ask them about this someday.
1: Yeah. Hey, if ever in the states, yeah. Um, but then it's just like then we're prepping to leave the states and go back to this new country that we're moving to, and so it's like then you have a transitional period moving there, and then you're getting. Reacclimatized or acclimized to a whole new environment mm. and, and, so, and to me that's a massive change and that's I, just that's been the nature of my entire life or the last at least 10 years or so
0: that's really interesting because i think something that you brought up in there maybe inadvertently but also very intentionally was change depends on how much um the things you have responsibility over are changing
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is interesting because you said like you were along for the ride for yeah. example, your parents were, I can only imagine, like that had to be so hard because they had responsibility over not only themselves, not only where they were leaving, getting everything out of there, not only where they were going, but also three kids Yeah, in that process. So that's
1: it's also taking a picture, my mom's leaving a job and going to have mm-hmm. to find a new one. Then my dad's, also, his job's also kind of switching as yeah. we move to a new country because each country has different
0: so everything is changing
1: literally wow. their entire lives are changing
0: so yeah that's some significant change yeah. but- so i mean it seems like everyone will have a threshold for change you could say like jake and i have significantly different experiences in life and therefore will and do approach change differently um that being said the following ideas uh, that we're gonna present are Meant to be useful to provoke thought in anyone with any tolerance for change, really. really. Um, So So, where are we going to start, Jacob?
1: Well, I think the the first place we're starting is as we go through change, you have to kind of analyze the role you're having in that. You know, we kind of talked about that, just like the role I had in my whole family's Mm -hmm. change, like of moving and my parents role. So what is your role going to be in your new environment?
0: All right. So I had an idea that I wanted to present for this point or this question of, of what's your role going to be in your new environment. And it's a idea that I stole directly from Jordan Peterson, a man who I look up to greatly, never have met him, listened to a lot of him, read a couple of his books. And he has some really good thoughts. I'm I'm not sure if this is his original thought, but I really enjoyed it. And it's um, what I coined or what i s- summarized as um the role of the fool you know, mm. I'll, I'll expand upon that to briefly unpack this um and relate it to our discussion the role of the fool is to be at the bottom of the food chain. the food chain sorry um just sort of the lower status position and to be a sponge for information in whatever environment you're in so yeah. you're not going to be like the top dog but um being a sponge for information allows you to climb the ladder from this initial position. So it's very important to be able to accept this role at any time in your life. whether in a single conversation for eight minutes, let's say I'm talking to somebody, I realize they have something that I don't know and I become a sponge, I become that like fool for lack of a better term. the person who doesn't know what they're talking about, right? And I'm willing to take on that role and accept things I don't know and learn from them in that short conversation. Or if you're changing, if you're changing into a new environment, if you're going somewhere new, uh, life is new, you have to accept that role and be ready to not be pompous or not let your ego keep you from learning uh, wherever you are, because it may be new and you might not have as much experience despite more more time on this earth let's say so
1: yeah and we, well we know the bible teaches a posture of humility for christians and that can be seen like luke and peter where like for example in luke at least um says for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted um and i think applying a biblical perspective to this idea of roll of the fool and then like also just being uh having the bible teaches posture of or this position of humility um how would you say that assuming the role of the fool differs from humbling yourself well, and what it, the Bible teaches us?
0: It definitely overlaps, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's easy to see this. Like, like I said, not, not focusing on your ego, not focusing on the things that might tempt you to not accept a position of lowliness in a position of learning. Right. Mm-hmm. So that it definitely overlaps. Um, now I think it's, uh, I think the main thing that I'm trying to poke at is always being open to learning, and that, that very well might be a part of humility. And when I think of humility, I think more of just like as a friend of mine always quoted, and I know it's not his quote, but he quoted it so much that I almost attribute it to him. Is humility is not thinking of it's not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. Yeah. Right. So not letting that ego be the thing that defines what position you take in your social interactions or so always being eager to learn. I think, I think you could sum up the little addition to humility in this as the role of the fool is humility plus an eagerness to learn, because really I would say, and this is a point that we briefly touched on earlier and we were both interested in when you stop learning life loses its value.
1: Yeah, and I just real quick to relate to this idea of adjusting to a new environment. If you're coming into a new environment and you're not you're how do I word this? You're coming into a new environment and you're just refusing to learn and you're basically just applying everything you already know at your new place instead of adjusting, it can lead to this loss of value that we just talked about of, um, not opening your eyes to new opportunities and you're preventing yourself from going on and basically just growing. And so, you know, Carter, I believe that there, there are a lot of people out there that look at life as basically just this working to retirement and then relaxing or this, um, idea that we are working for our time off and our retirement. And so it's like, when they are trying to get to this point of stop learning like you know they don't want to go on and just learn for the rest of their lives they don't value that um would you disagree with this mindset or how would you kind Mm -hmm. of approach this or talk to someone that has this mindset
0: well first i yes i wholeheartedly disagree i mean granted i'm 19 right i haven't even entered the workforce yet but just from listening to people who have much more knowledge than i do in attempting to gain perspective from them it appears to me is like very logical that when you stop learning you stop you stop expanding your library of things to which you can apply your perspective now let me let me touch on that right so let's, let's say, say we're talking about a let's say, say it's me in 50 years or 60 years and i'm retired Mm -hmm. Right. I've worked all my life and I've earned my time off. Right. I've also gained something invaluable that you can't gain quickly because it's experience time. Right. Time on this earth. And that's something that I don't have right now because I'm only 19 or I only have 19 years of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that experience isn't just valuable in what i've learned in the experience it's also valuable in how i can apply it to things i see right so if i quit learning i forfeit my ability to provide perspective on new things Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does what would our what would our world be like if the elder generations checked out right if every politician was 21 if every person in a position of power was young right Mm -hmm. we've let them forfeit their perspective their give or their applying a perspective to the situation we're in and really that's one of the most valuable resources you acquire over your life so i think the temptation to quit learning is really to quit applying your perspective to what's new so I'm not sure if that answers the question directly, but that's a thought I had that I think touches on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it's just, if you have someone and they just, let's say it's it's you, you're say you're, six, seven, you're 70 mm-hmm. years old and you, you just stop learning, then I, you brought up, to me, you brought up a real good point with these politicians, actually, I'm just going to scrap you, forget about you. Right. Uh, you brought up a good point with these politicians. It's just, they're on this constant strive to better our country or to express their views and if they weren't doing that then i feel like we would as a as
0: a nation we would enter this uh stagnancy Mm. if you will or 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 hyper progressiveness because we'd have all these kids that don't have the life experience that just want to push on to the next thing
1: that's a fair point yeah so i mean
0: really it's just i think it it would swing to a to a polar position one mm -hmm. or the other because experience is temperament in my mind yes it tempers everything so that's my thought yeah and if we had these let's
1: say 20 young late 20s taking over office you know um that's a whole new environment for them as well Mm. you know Mm. they're that's not something that's normal for our society and so it's like when you enter a new environment you must explore it in order to understand you know Mm. no one likes this no one likes to be in a constant state of unfamiliarity, and you hinted at that with just this hyper progressiveness, you know, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, um, it's they're just trying to make a difference and make a change because they're
0: constantly exploring. No one likes to be stuck in that. Mm. They want to understand where they mm-hmm. are, right? Yeah. So, how do you make sense of your new environment? You're you're saying nobody likes to be in the in the dark, right? Nobody likes to be in a position that they don't understand in a new environment, and you're saying something about how you must understand it even so you're not stagnant. So how do we make sense of these new environments? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple things to do. Um, I feel like in a new
1: environment, it's important to establish the priorities uh, that you have as a foundation to build upon. You know, you're moving my life, for example, moving to a new place, Mm -hmm. have your priorities to build upon and explore and expand who you are. You know, Uh, we must organize our time, in a way that allows for us to thrive based on our own priorities. It's like when you and I were moving to college, um, we were coming into a different environment from what we have ever experienced. And we had different mindsets from one another. We had different priorities that we were building upon. And so, but like in time, you know, we both found a common method of organizing our complicated lives because we both know everyone's life is extremely complicated especially in the presence of change yeah and so it's like during this time i think you and i were reflecting earlier and it's just we saw three steps play out within both of our lives as we adjusted to um the new realities that we were presented here Mm -hmm. at least at at grace and it's i think it can be described in first taking a look at the change you know we were coming here we were just everything was thrown at us. At first it felt like a, like a, let's be honest, it felt like a church camp when we oh first gosh, came here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we moved into uh, just kind of reflecting on all the change, you know, you mm-hmm. taking a step back and looking at everything that's changing your life and formulating an approach to it off of your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like we tend to fall, at least I believe that we tend to fall into a, a survival mindset um, but we need to be able to expand our minds to address the direction which we are going at a new place. Mm. Um, we could, If we're living in one place and we're, we're trying to achieve this goal, then we shift the location at which we are doing it and we are having to adjust to a whole new environment. Mm. Um, that goal is no longer as clear as it once was. Mm. We have all these different small things that are coming up and blocking our our view of that or obstructing
0: our view, if you will.
1: Okay. So then I think this um
0: before I, we move on, can I can I ask something real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, sure. So do you find like for you example, as an example and for me as well, we both knew what we wanted to do in college. We mm-hmm. both had a career that we've picked. We both had a direction that we're headed. But even greater than that, um we go to a Christian school,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: provides us with a unique perspective because a majority of the people here and I like to think this a majority of the people I interact with at least are Christians and they have this greater perspective they have this greater direction do you think that direction has like helped like have you interacted with anybody like maybe a friend or somebody who's um gone through change who doesn't who isn't a christian maybe who isn't who doesn't have a greater sense of direction do you think there are direction? moving towards or attempting to continually move towards christ and grow closer to him provides us with like an anchor in any situation of change
1: i think that we at this campus at least i see it with like, i i know what you're talking about i think it it's a very real thing with just i talk to people and they don't know what they're they don't necessarily know where they're going but they have this mindset of it's the lord's time or it's the lord's will that we're following not our own mm-hmm. you know and that's something that i have i've always kind of known heard about but i didn't really see it too too much until i, I came to grace where it's mm. just even people that are just in this like who don't have a major or genuinely have no clue what they're doing in their next step they just they have this sort of unwavering faith in the lord that he's
0: just like he will provide it's like an unreasonable peace, right yeah if it's... they didn't have that like I would be panicking if I were in my second year of college as an undecided major. And that's just my personality. Like there are some people out there who can make it through that carefree somehow. Yeah. But I think it, it, part of it, for at least this campus is, man, these people have a greater purpose. So I, that's a point I wanted to touch on. I'm, I'm, yeah. I yeah. interrupted you placing... before the third point. That's, but...
1: that's completely fine. I want to actually respond to that. It's just, they're not placing their purpose in their career mm. or their, their environment. Mm. They're placing their purpose in something that won't ever change. Mm -hmm. And that's their walk with the Lord. We go through so much change, but the Lord is always there for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what something that I've heavily seen at this campus. So, um, and then the third point, so just tying back in, uh, it's finding what is changing Mm. and then just kind of addressing it or moving with it, if you will. Um, every time we are looking and reflecting about what's changing, um, I said earlier that we're our, our end goal is going to be blocked and obstructed. So we're having to um, we need to find out what's changing, and then basically make changes that to the point where your priorities and habits are able to grow in this new environment that you, which you are placed. And so then, like moving with it, you know, we're not we're not letting the change we're not letting the new environment change who we are, but rather we're flowing with the change. I keep saying change. Yeah. Um, but we're like, we're basically just letting ourselves
0: passive process. Is that what you're saying?
1: Letting ourselves move in a controlled way Mm. with the new environment.
0: Okay.
1: Where it's the point where we're reflected on like our, look at me and you take a step back in college, look at everything that's going on. And then we formulate a path through it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not letting ourselves just kind of, uh, not lose sight but basically just go with it i don't know if that makes sense we're not
0: just floating through change we're defining the path we want to take okay so it sort of ties into step two which is stepping back and reflecting Mm -hmm. but this is a specific part of the reflection it's identifying things that are changing because how how easy is it to just like let things change
1: so so simple just to like be passively sitting there and letting things go on without mm-hmm. kind of taking ownership. It's, it's something that just happens. Like even, even if you are aware of the change, you still could let it ha- passively happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not you something know, that we control.
0: It makes me think of the like scientific process or the scientific idea of entropy, right? Now, what is entropy Jacob? Uh, this is not chemistry. I don't know. Well, it's the tendency. of <laughs> no. things, it's the tendency of things to trend towards disorder, right? Yeah. And what what's one of the, oh, gosh, it's it's probably a law of thermodynamics. I don't know which one it is. But it's like, basically, this is my summation of it, or how I think of it. Things are going to trend towards this order until you put energy into the system, right? Mm. Until you affect the system yourself. So how does this relate to change? I think we are, like we were talking about earlier, it's so easy to sit by and say, oh, Oh, things are changing. The times mm-hmm. be changing, right? So if we don't put energy into that system, chaos will ensue because we won't be prepared to move when we want yeah. to. Now, really what we're doing is I mean, I don't know. We're just being prepared. This is almost like the parable of the the bridesmaids, right? Always having their candle lit and ready, and having enough oil to go when the bridegroom gets there. Mm. You know that parable or the Never the heard of it, but I'm listening. It, it's something following. in the Bible. It's I. I was just reading about it. I think back home. Um, but if we're not prepared to move, if we're not prepared to stay on the path that we want to be on, when the time comes to move, we won't be ready. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Jacob, back to these three steps that you mentioned. I really like them. How did you see these three steps play out as you adjusted to college last year? Well,
1: <clears throat> I think it can all be tied into like the school work life balance. This idea that it's three separate parts of our lives that we often just, you know, create sections in our mind to be. Um we are faced with coming to a new environment, we are faced with the task of basically reprioritizing different parts of our lives when we are faced with that change. Um, And so we're establishing these boundaries between our school, our work, and our life. And I feel like sometimes people think that they need to create them with separate mindsets. I fell into that trap for some time. I know some people, some of my friends that did that. And so separating our school life with our work life, our social life, um, can create a lot of confusion in my mind. And so it's just taking that step back and... 'Cause it's in college especially, we have this unique ability or necessity, if you will, keep saying, uh, to intertwine all of them. Mm. We are faced with deadlines, this constant change in classes or in schedule. And so um when I when I got to college, I just it was all about taking that step back and formulating that path. Mm. I began to um start combining my social life with my work life, social life with my school life or like mm-hmm. workload. Um, some, for example, like some of the times last year that were my favorite times was when I was studying with friends and I was combining my social life with my school life. And for months, that is how it was because I didn't have this time to go out and go to restaurants or because I, I didn't have the money either, <laughs> um, but I didn't have this, like, well, I wasn't able to drive around campus and go out with friends that often. So my main form of connecting with others was studying how the heart worked with like in, in the science center and um
0: and good times good times
1: which yeah and this this was not something that i had to do in high school i would all every studying was on my own it was a mindset shift and so i was in high school i was able to go out every day whenever i felt like it and this was this change from going from high school to college and this change in like my social life and school life and work life um I had to adjust. I had to make modifications. Um, it became something I, I accommodated for with time management and developing boundaries within it, my everyday life. Um specifically was just kind of finding different avenues to spend time with people. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my source of energy as a human or as a person. Still is. Yeah. And so it's being able to go out every day in mm-hmm. high school and hang out with friends and go to these restaurants to suddenly being faced with increase workload and needing to study constantly to achieve the grades yeah. that i need to achieve because yeah. we talked about it earlier when I mean, you came to college with this basically having our paths planned out already um it's like you want to go into pt school i want to go into medical school so grades are grades matter grades matter for us and so it's just that's not something that we were able to ever lose sight of
0: mm-hmm. not at all you know and one of these things that this very specific to college and very specific to the change that's occurring in that stage of life that 18 to 19 to 20 right like right around there. You mentioned something about like you draw energy from being with people and that's very obvious when you're around you like you really enjoy being with people right so I think half of change is. You have to incorporate knowing yourself into change right because. I don't think you can properly formulate a direction that will be tenable or sustainable, mm-hmm. right? Without knowing yourself. And I think that's a big part of college. So that's why I think this, this isn't necessarily a podcast just for people going into college. It's really a podcast hoping to address any change throughout life. But, you know, I, I, Sorry, I got a notification on uh, our meetings oh, about. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh just real
1: quick. I I there's something that you kind of talked about. Yeah. Um briefly it was like this call life changing your life and basically taking into consideration who you are when you're making that change in life. Mm. And I feel like something to touch on is just decompressing yourself. Oh, good one. Cuz like you you mentioned college, you mentioned how like I got energy from people mm. and that was in a sense, my form of decompression, okay. just hanging out with people. You cannot relate. Exactly. But that's because you know who you are. Okay. You know? And so it's just having that's that true. mindset of, yes, we're doing all these things. We're actively trying to reflect on our, our new environment and how we want to approach it and how we don't, we don't want to lose sight of our end goal. But just in that moment of taking that step back and self-reflecting, self-reflecting, like, decompressing as well. Yeah, and that has to be a priority, like we were talking about earlier. You, you said... have to actively be involved to do that, you mm-hmm. know? Just like you're putting that energy into the system, mm-hmm. you know? you People don't think decompression, or like when you when you think of the, the term decompression or taking a moment, you don't think of putting energy in to do that. Mm-hmm. But it
0: should be. Well, you, sometimes when you have a busy schedule, it has to be. You have to schedule it in. Mm -hmm. you have to take time intentionally it can't just be like oh i somehow have two hours to myself right like that never happens so (laughs) it's like you do have to put that energy in to make things happen like that yeah Mm -hmm. and like you were touching on earlier we build this foundation upon our priorities right we have our priorities we step back we take our priorities and we assess where we want to go and then we build the path right Mm -hmm. so that's a part of that path is If you, I think everybody does need time to decompress. Everybody does need time by themselves, by themselves with the Lord. Like those are things Mm -hmm. that we can use to decompress. It becomes an issue of,
1: as you were saying, priority, Mm -hmm. you know, the priority we place on relationships is directly reflected by how much time we spend on them. So, you know, as Christians, we believe that our relationship with God uh, should hold the utmost priority amongst all others. So like meaning, that as we manage our time in a new environment, we should still be actively um, making time for the Lord, you know, also for ourselves, you know, like we, we always think of relationship building as between you and someone else, but you're building your own relationship with yourself, oh, you ain't know, that true? with the Lord. Yeah. It's so true. And so you just need to, you need to prioritize. This is going to sound selfish, but you need to prioritize yourself. But eh, actually, not really. It's not too selfish because you're, pri- when while, as you're prioritizing yourself, you're prioritizing
0: time for the Lord. And by at priori- least coming
1: from a strictly Christian perspective.
0: Yeah, and by prioritizing yourself, you can make somebody that's more enjoyable to hang out with the rest of the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, if you don't have those moments by yourself, believe me, there have been weeks where I didn't. Now was not the most enjoyable to hang out with. Like I wasn't. Miserable. I wasn't in a <laughs> position to like give out of like I. We talked about this in Mission Point, the church that both of us go to, is giving out of the overflow of your cup, right? Like not running yourself dry because you need you can't like you can't give what you yourself. don't have. Exactly, you can't give what you don't have. That's that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, exactly. So, what I, I mean, what what we've identified here is like change is going to happen no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Agreed, right?
1: Yeah. And I think the key to adjusting to that, at least they can, to everything we've spoken, uh, can be summarized at least to me in one one sentence: mm. time management.
0: Time management.
1: It's the key to all things.
0: Yeah, and that's that whole like second half of the podcast, right there. It's just really it's you know figuring out time yeah, management. You
1: have a limited amount of time, and you got to figure out how to maximize it in the ways that you desire
0: to be mm-hmm. maximized.
1: We have. It's knowing yourself and being able to prioritize the things that you like efficiently, you know, mm-hmm. at least for you and I, we we have to make time for the Lord, for friends, for school, for work. We both have jobs. Um, our views and the choices we make are often influenced by the the previous experiences we have. So it's like knowing yourself and being able to maximize what you like will help you learn to love life more mm. and adjust to the new environments which you are exposed to. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so finding your place in those based on yeah. Mm-hmm. I like
1: it. And so I I feel like, real quick, just a little yeah. last point. Just as we are managing our time, the boundaries that we do have set up, over like that. How do I word this? As we manage our time, boundaries will be set up through mm. it, and so you don't have to worry about like if you're a new environment, you're struggling to find friends, you're struggling to adjust. Yeah. You will mm-hmm. with time management, at least from my perspective, because the people who have similar schedules to you, the people who go out of your way to see you, those are the people that you'll become friends and with. And what
0: me and you learned is you you align with people who your priorities align with, Yeah, right? Which makes for pretty good relationships. Like if if me and you, I mean, initially, this is how me and Jacob met, right? Jacob walks up to me in Alpha and says, do you want me to be my study partner?
1: I did do that. I was, actually, I was actually outside the library.
0: Well, the first time I was outside the library. Second time, I was in Alpha, mm-hmm. right? And why? Because I Jacob values smart. academics. <laughs> he knows that I value academics. And believe it or not, that's all it took. We just started studying together.
1: So, um, yeah. I, 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 you said it perfectly. It just yeah. Our priorities aligned. We came yeah. together. And now we're, we're running a podcast, you know, change is going to happen no matter what you do. It exists in life and that is non-negotiable. You know, mm. there are many people who prefer it not to exist and they would prefer more of a, a stagnant life or a stagnant life in like their comfort zone, mm. you know, um, but this kind of robs them of many opportunities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, change is an idea, like you were saying that people are afraid of they believe that they want to be in a repetitive life but in reality it's that movement that we're talking about that establishing of a direction that is much more desirable and puts you in a position you want to be in Mm so today we want to leave you with two questions are you allowing change to happen or are you resisting necessary change in your life and second what opportunities may you be robbing yourself of by pushing back against changes in your life or holding on to old pieces and not allowing the change to provide all that it has for you
1: yeah and there, like, there are people who are good at change and there are people that are bad what do you believe
0: separates them you know instead of yeah. two we gave them four it's but it's a response yeah 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 so I mean, this is purely our reflection, uh, and I'm sure we're missing some other things, but take what we have said today and formulate it into your own life. Don't take us at face value. Right? Mm-hmm. We hope that by processing our experiences and what we have learned, you can be just a little bit more prepared for any new stage of your life. So with yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hi